Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. Look around. It doesn't take long to recognize the brokenness surrounding us. Division, hatred, fear, uncertainty. The pain we're witnessing is real. And the need for a savior is undeniable. It's this need which broke the heart of God and moved him to do the unimaginable. For God so loved the world, he sent his only son to change our eternity to be the perfect sacrifice for us. Love on a cross, dying once for all, laid to rest in the darkness of a tomb. Today, as we face so many unknowns, may we remember the simple truth of Easter. The stone's been rolled away. The grave is empty. Jesus is alive, and love has risen. Happy Blessed Easter, everyone. I get to read some scriptures. Such an honor to serve the God of life, isn't it? Woohoo, he's risen. Okay, so we're going to read from Mark 16 here. Saturday evening, when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, and Salome went out and purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. On the way there, they were asking each other, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? But as they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. The woman was shocked, but the angel said, don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus from Nazareth, who was crucified. He isn't here. He's risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go and tell the disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there, just as he told you before he died. The women fled from the tomb, trembling and bewildered, and they said nothing to anyone because they were too frightened. After Jesus rose from the dead early on Sunday morning, the first person who saw him was Mary Magdalene, the woman from whom he had cast out seven demons, She went to the disciples who were grieving and weeping and told them what had happened. But when she told them that Jesus was alive and she had seen him, they didn't believe her. Afterward, he appeared in a different form to two of his followers who were walking from Jerusalem into the country. They rushed back to tell the others, but no one believed them. Still later, he appeared to the 11 disciples as they were eating together. He rebuked them for their stubborn unbelief because they refused to believe those who had seen him after he had been raised from the dead. And then he told them, 
go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. Praise God. When the Lord Jesus had finished talking with them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. And the disciples went everywhere and preached, and the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. Isn't that a wonderful, wonderful truth? Amen. Well, why don't we stand as we pray this morning? Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. God, we ask that you would speak to our hearts, that you would change our lives, that you'd allow us to see the truth of your word in a deeper way today. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Amen. Well, today is the day that we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. It's an amazing day. And the title of my message today is, it's a question, are you a good egg? And I want you to look at your neighbor and ask that question, are you a good egg? All right. You don't have to answer if you don't want to. So, uh, you know, as I was preparing this message, one of the things that really I was very interested in and in studying is where did the concept of the Easter egg originate? And so there's different stories out there, but I'm going to share the one um, that I feel is, is pretty good. So here we have Mary, uh, Mary of Magdalene. She was a very wealthy woman, by the way. People didn't realize that. And uh, she was the one in, in whom seven spirits were cast out. Remember, she had the demons. And then she showed up, and she, she had the alabaster oil that she broke the perfume, and she poured it on Jesus' feet. It was worth a year's salary. So they say, history says she was a very wealthy woman. She was very influential in, in um, Magdalene, where she was, and so therefore she was able to go before Pontius Pilate at a party because she was invited to this party with all the, you know, people that everybody know in politics and people of uh, status. And so she was at this party, and at this place she decided she wanted to share the gospel. And I don't know if you guys have heard this story, but uh, she held up uh, a white egg as she held it up, and she said, I want to explain to you about the resurrection of my Lord and Savior. And so uh, Tiberius Caesar looked at her and said, well, no sooner is Jesus raised from the dead than that egg in your hand is red. And immediately the egg turned red as she was holding it up. And so now this is a story. I'm not saying it's the truth, but this is what the early church believed. And so she held up the, she held up the, the egg. It turned red. And then, and then uh, Tiberius Caesar suddenly had you know, had her attention or she had his attention and she shared the gospel message of the resurrection with those who were in the room. Very powerful story. And so, you know, the early church believed this and if you go to Europe, different places, you'll see stained glass windows, you'll see pictures of Mary of Magdalene holding a red egg. And I always wondered, what is she doing with a red egg? So we see these pictures, you see this, you'll see stained glass, you'll see artwork and there's, she's St. Mary Magdalene with the red egg in her hand. Pretty interesting, eh? Let's go to the next uh, slide here. 
So traditionally, Easter eggs, we were talking about Easter eggs. Um, what the early church did then was they would take white eggs. And it, I did this with the kids the other day because dye was very expensive. We made our own red eggs here. It's very interesting in how you do it. So what you do is you take onions and you take the skins off, the brown skins. You put them in water and you boil them and add a little bit of vinegar. And the water turns red. And then you just boil the eggs in the water and they turn this nice deep crimson red, same color as blood. Very interesting. And then you can put little crosses and flowers. This one has flowers. This is the one my daughter's friend made. The one she made had a cross. But this is how they used to make the eggs. And so in history, especially uh, in Orthodox Christianity, you'll see these kind of eggs at Easter time. So these crimson red eggs with crosses and that. And this is what they would do. And uh, what happened was back in the day... Um, Lent is the week before Easter, and so everyone fasts. They don't eat, right? So the farmers would have all these eggs. They didn't know what to do with these eggs. So they would, they would boil them up at the end of the week, and they would paint them, and they'd get them all decorative. And then they would, they would, all the kids would they'd bring them to the church. The kids would bring them to the church, and the pastors and the priests would bless the eggs. And then they'd go home, and, and during a mealtime, they would crack the egg, which would symbolize the breaking forth of uh, the, the tomb and Jesus coming out. Isn't that awesome? So that's the story of the egg. So, um, yeah, I actually did a little video to show you how to make the eggs, but it didn't, it didn't, I didn't get it done in time. But you literally just boil uh, onion skins with vinegar. It's really pretty cool. Um, so that's the story of the Easter egg, all right? Um, but today I want to talk about what the egg represents in this context. And the egg represents the tomb, the blood, and it represents... New life. Three things that I want to talk about today. Number one, the tomb. Number two, the blood of Jesus. And number three, new life that comes forth. And so the tomb, and it's very interesting when you look at an egg, um, you can go round and round and round, and there's no doors. There's no entry point into that egg. What's inside of the egg, that content is sealed within the egg. You cannot get in to make changes to the contact inside of the egg. And so it is with our lives. All right, around and around we go. There's no way to access the inner content. And we understand that we're made in the image of God. And, and I see that when I see a parent loving on a child and taking care of their kids or serving uh, at Catherine's Kitchen or doing a good deed. We see the nature of God working through people because we're made in his image. Amen? But we also see something within us that is called sin. It's the nature of sin. It's evil. And, and it works within us. And it's, it's kind of there. And around and around we go. We can't get in and we can't deal with that nature of sin that is within us. Right? The Bible says that we've been born in sin. Our spiritual genetics have been defected because of the sin of an ancestor, Adam, the first man. And we see that in Romans chapter 5, verse 12, it says, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. And we see the corruption in the world, and we see the war, and we see the accusation, and the bitterness, and the fighting, and the sickness, and all the things that are happening in the world. It's a sign of, of brokenness, a broken system, a, a sinful world. How many would agree? My question is, are you a good egg? In Romans 5.12, it says, for all have sinned, and... Um, Fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23 says that. 
But you know what? You say everything looks good on the outside. Everyone, you look at someone's life and, the, you know, it's perfect. It's nice and white and everything looks good. But how many know sometimes the content on the inside can be defiled? You know, and I learned that I was actually cooking a meal for, for my, my family once. I was about 17 or 18, and, and I, I was taking, I was playing hooky from, from school and supposed to be in high school. And I was, I'm going to make, my parents are going to be upset, but I'm going to make them eggs so they'll be happy. At least I'm feeding them when they come home from work, right? So the family's coming home, and I crack this beautiful egg, and out comes blood and a dead chicken. And I, I'm telling you, I was so disgusted, I never ate eggs for like four years. I said, this thing looks beautiful. What's wrong? What, the content came out was defiled. And, and that's what happens when pressure is put on us as humans. What, the content of what comes out is defiled. We can look good on the outside, but on the inside, we can be defiled. On the inside, there's dead men's bones. How many hear what I'm saying? There's, there's something that has to change within because we're affected by sin. Yes, we do good things. Yes, we can be loving and caring. But ultimately, we're defiled by sin. And God has such a heart, he wants to save us from that. And Jesus came and he said, you know what, I've come to bring, to tell you about the kingdom of my father. The kingdom of heaven is here. And he he carried with him a culture, because every kingdom has a culture, right? And so everywhere Jesus went, he brought love, he brought joy, he brought peace. And people wanted to be around him. Why? Because he healed their sick. He fed the hungry. He took care of the needs of people. So he carried an atmosphere, right, of love, joy, and peace, and kindness. How many know we carry an atmosphere? Some, sometimes there's certain people we just want to be around because they make us laugh. And we're in a good mood when we're around them. And then other people we want to stay away from because we get angry in their presence, right? Jesus carried the culture of heaven everywhere he went. But then there's also the culture of hell. It's, it's hatred, it's fear, it's control, it's rebellion against nature. What is rebellion against nature? It's selfishness and envy and being focused on ourselves. And Satan said, I will ascend and I will take the place of God. I want his job, but it wasn't available. And, and you know, James chapter 3, verse 15 and 16 says, For jealous and, and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you'll find disorder and evil of every kind. And Jesus was born of a virgin. So he wasn't defiled from the genes of mankind, but he came as a virgin. He became man, and he did not sin. The Bible says he was tempted as we are yet without sin. And, and, and the beautiful thing about Jesus of Nazareth is he understands what it's like to be tempted. And, and even just going to the cross, he, he experienced so much suffering. We're going to look at this next slide here. He was betrayed into the cross by his friend. Two of his friends, Judas and then Peter denied him. How many have ever been betrayed by a friend? God was betrayed by his friends. He can relate to you. You say, I've gone through hard times. I've been affected by sin. Maybe you were the one who betrayed someone else. See how sin affects us. Number two, his own people turned against him. The people he healed, the people he cared about, the people he poured his love into turned and said, crucify him. He he experienced what it was like to be rejected at the highest level. He was a victim of 
I put here his government, but by the government of the day. The Roman Empire, uh, even Herod, they turned against him, and he became a victim of the political systems of the world. How many have ever felt like that? He understands what it is like. He was innocent, and, and people knew he was innocent, and he still went to the cross. His people chose a criminal to be released instead of him. Right? Think about that. Barabbas. He was the one that should have been on that cross. But Jesus took his place and he was set free. And Barabbas probably thought, wow, I should be the one on the cross. And he's paying my punishment for me. He understood the principle we need to understand. It's us. It's our sin that separates us from our God. All he did was help people, and they mocked him for it. He cho- and then after all of that, he chose to say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And instead of getting angry, he chose to forgive. Isn't that good news? And so Jesus was tempted. Jesus went through suffering. He was, went through rejection. He went through everything that we go through, and he understands, and he sympathizes with our weaknesses. I love Jesus because he sympathizes with my weakness. He understands what it feels like to be rejected. Isn't that a good, awesome God? And we'll give the Lord a hand if you believe it. Amen? So, so the egg represents a tomb. So we have the, the egg here represents a tomb, and there's no way in. And for history, over 6,000 years, there was no way in to deal with the sin nature, the content within. You can't get inside of an egg. You have to break out. There's no doorways in. There's no way we can get in and deal with the sin in our hearts and the, the, the issues that are within us. But by the blood of Jesus. But by the blood of Jesus. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 says, He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his Son and he forgave our sins. He purchased us back because the enemy had rights to us and was able to bring sin and keep us separated from God. But Jesus purchased our freedom with the blood of his Son and he forgave us our sins. Isn't that good news? The Bible's the spiritual law of spiritual law of the Bible says the soul that sins shall die. And that's why throughout the Old Testament you see that they had to bring an innocent lamb and sacrifice it because only the shedding of blood will cover sins. And that's what Jesus said. You know, I want you to imagine for a second that you were caught for crimes. You, 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 know, you went down the, the street, you went through a red light, you ran somebody over, kept going, hit and run. You did all these things, and the cops catch you, and you end up in a court of law. Would it be right for the judge to penalize you for your crime? Absolutely, right? There's justice. And so here we are in the court of law, and the judge says, you're going to go away. We're going to put you in prison. We're going to throw away the key because of your crime. I have to protect humanity from you. But then say someone in the courtroom stands up and says, excuse me, judge. I'll take his place. The judge would say, do you have a clean record? No, actually, I'm doing time myself. No, he wouldn't say that. No, I have a clean record. I've done nothing wrong. And you choose to take, you choose to take Travis's place in prison? Absolutely. I'll take the place. That's what Jesus did. And the judge says, okay, 
Justice is went for. You're free to go. Have a nice life. Don't sin anymore. Go and sin no more. And Jesus went into prison for us because of our rebellion. But then he broke out of prison. He broke the prison doors open, and he defeated the prison. Isn't that awesome? Drove the warden out of town. Amen. That's the beauty of the gospel when we understand what Jesus did. He broke us free. Amen? He purchased us back. And the third element of the egg is, is only, only an egg that is fertilized can hatch and incubated. But you need to fertilize an egg. You can't do anything with the egg. It has to be fertilized. And the beautiful thing is I love this story because Jesus talked to Nicodemus. He was a religious leader of his day. And he said, you must be born again. And Nicodemus said, well, I don't understand. How can I enter back into my mother and then go through the delivery process again? And Jesus was scratching his head going, you're a teacher of Israel? And he said, he said hold on a second. He said, there's being born naturally, being born of water, but then there's being born of the Spirit. And Nicodemus doesn't understand. And he explains to him, it's like, do you see the wind? He says, no, but you see the effects of the wind. Yeah, I see the effects of the wind, but I don't see the wind. In the same way, you don't see the Holy Spirit moving. But he comes in when we put our faith in Jesus, and he incubates us on the inside to bring life that we can break out. Amen? God wants to change you from the inside out. Right? We're looking, we're looking at our life saying, how can I change my life? I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to be a better person. Well, you can't. I mean, you can do better, but God needs to come in by the Holy Spirit, incubate, and, and deliver you and set you free. And that's what God does by the Holy Spirit. He brings new life, right? Only Jesus can see what's going on in the inside. In Romans chapter 8, verse 11 says this. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives where? In you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal body by the same Spirit living within you. And you have to have an experience with God. Did you catch that? An experience. See, I grew up, like, I, since I was four years of age, I grew up, like, my, my mother and father, uh, when I was four years of age, gave their hearts to Christ. They became completely committed to going to church and reading the Bible, and they put us through Bible school as kids. I mean, we had to memorize a verse every few days from the Bible, and they had us studying the Scripture and, and all that kind of stuff. But then as a teenager, I, I was like, I don't know if I believe this. I'm going to get away from this. And so I went my own way, and I got into drinking and drugs and partying and all that kind of stuff. Went down the wrong path. But I found that I, was, I got myself very depressed, and I was full of anxiety. And I just, I was really depressed. I was not in a good place. And I was very dependent on things I shouldn't have been dependent on. And I remember one night in my basement apartment, I, I cried out to God. I was about 19 years of age, and I said, Lord, I said, if you're real, Jesus, if you're real the way my, and you're everything my parents said you are, I need you to come and change me from the inside out. I just lay down all my sins, and I ask you to forgive me. And I literally had an experience with God where the peace of God came in, and my appetite changed on the inside. Suddenly, the next day, I was like, I don't want to watch the same movies. I, don't want, I, I, I catch myself swearing. I'd be like, oh, that felt filthy. I don't want to do that anymore. 
things started changing. My appetite started to change. Why? Because I was incubated by the Holy Spirit. He came in and he started to change me on the inside so that I could break out of the tomb and have new life. Amen? And that's why it's so, 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 so important that we don't just have a religious experience and go to church and read our Bible because we want to be good Christians. We have to have an experience, an egg experience, with the Lord. Amen? We have to have the Holy Spirit just come and transform us. We must be born again and transformed from the inside out. Amen? And that's the plan of God through the egg. Why don't we stand together? We're going to pray. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this Easter season, God. We thank you that you rose from the grave. You broke the shackles of hell and death so that we could be free. And Lord, I ask, Lord, that you would begin to work in our lives to, to remember that we need your presence and your moving in us. And right now, with every head bowed, if there's anybody in this room, you say, I don't know if I've had this experience of being born again. I've never accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. With every head bowed, I just want you to lift your hands. I want to pray with you. Just make sure that you know I see those hands. That's awesome. Anybody else? We're going to pray together. Okay. Thank you for lifting your hand. Let's pray as a church. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sins. I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me from within and change me on the inside. Thank you for rising again and bringing deliverance. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.